I'm Denise Densai, and here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. Human rights groups unconvinced by Duterte administration's creation of a panel that will investigate the more than 5,000 deaths drug war related. The ecumenical voice for human rights and peace in the Philippines calls Justice Secretary Menardo Guevara's statements before the United Nations Human Rights Council a form of damage of control to save its international reputation. Human Rights Watch echoes similar sentiments, adding the international body should not be fooled by the Philippine government's roots. The virtual session held Tuesday saw Mr. Guevara assuring the UNHRC it will engage the Philippine Commission on Human Rights as an independent monitoring body in its probe. That's as he insisted there's no need for the International Criminal Court to open a formal probe into the Philippines. In the same session, UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet said killings in the Philippines have been systematic and widespread with no regard for rule of law and due process. Manila's top diplomat slams United Nations Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet for urging President Duterte not to sign the anti-terror bill. Philippines' foreign chief Teodoro Loxin Jr. says Bachelet should read the controversial measure before criticizing it. He adds the former president of Chile may know French, but she doesn't know English, the language in which the bill is written. The anti-terror bill has sparked protests in the Philippines due to vague provisions which critics say may result result in more warrantless arrests and red tagging. The measure remains unsigned on President Duterte's desk. It will lapse into law by July 9th. Philippine House Deputy Minority Leader Carlos Zarate files a complaint before the Office of the Ombudsman against Military Southern Luzon Command Chief Antonio Parlade Jr. for supposed red tagging. The lawmaker, who represents the left-leaning group Bayan Muna in Congress, accuses the military official of violating the anti-graft law and administrative code for his supposed statements against activists. Zarate says he has documented speeches of Parlade, which accuse him and the Makabayan bloc as being fronts of the Communist Party of the Philippines. Zarate wants Parlade suspended and eventually dismissed from public service. Nine individuals now under police custody following the police's recent shooting of four army intelligence operatives in Holosulu. Among them are the five policemen involved in the incident. Philippine military spokesperson Edgar Arevalo says authorities have obtained the CCTV footage from the incident. He adds there are four civilians who are willing to testify and two of them have already given their initial statements. The remains of the three soldiers have already been buried in the Heroes Cemetery in Taguig. The body of the fourth killed soldier has been buried in Sulu province. Philippine authorities shift to retrieval operations for 14 fishermen who went missing after their boat collided with a Hong Kong cargo ship in Occidental Mindoro province over the weekend. Philippine authorities have continued their rescue operations until Tuesday before it was concluded none of the fishermen survived. The maritime incident comes a year after a Chinese vessel rammed a Filipino boat near Reed Bank in the West Philippine Sea. But for Manila's foreign department, Sunday's sea tragedy should not be politicized. Obviously, this is a, this is a commercial vessel, and um, 
whether there was negligence on their part is what we are going to determine. Like any other incident involving yes. vessels, this is already being investigated by the our our uh, PPA uh, and our Marina and our DOTR because this is no different from any other uh, incident involving vessels within Philippine territory. In Hong Kong, police make their first arrests under a highly contentious new security law imposed by Beijing. The first to be nabbed, a man carrying a flag calling for Hong Kong's independence. Police say they have made 30 arrests during protests on Wednesday for violating the legislation, illegal assembly, obstruction and possession of weapons. Thousands of people attended Wednesday's rally to mark 23 years since British rule over Hong Kong ended. In a speech marking the anniversary, the city's leader, Carrie Lam, strongly defended China's new law, which punishes crimes of secession, subversion and terrorism with up to life in prison. Lam said the measure was necessary and timely to maintain Hong Kong's stability. COVID-19 news now, a stern declaration from America's top infectious diseases expert. Dr. Anthony Fauci says the U.S. is going in the wrong direction in its fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. As cases surge in various states, Fauci tells the Senate he will not be surprised if there will be 100,000 new cases in the country in a single day. Although we do have a number of parts of the country that are doing well, I'm very concerned about what's going on right now, particularly in the four states that are accounting for about 50% of the new infections, but the other vulnerable states. So I'd have to say the numbers speak for themselves that you've seen of people congregating often without masks, of being in crowds and jumping over and avoiding and not paying attention to the guidelines that we very carefully put out. We're gonna to continue to be in a lot of trouble. And there's going to be a lot of hurt if that does not stop. Infections in the U.S. have already surpassed 2.6 million, while fatalities have reached 127,000. A Reuters report says the country recorded its biggest one-day spike since the start of the pandemic with 47,000 new cases Tuesday. Globally, the number of cases has reached 10.4 million with more than half a million deaths. Meanwhile, here at home, the Philippines logs 999 new COVID-19 cases, bringing the total to more than 38,000. Of these, 595 are classified as fresh, meaning test results were released to the patient within the last three days. The death toll is now at 1,270 after four more, four more fatalities were recorded. 205 more patients have recovered from the illness, raising the total to 10,438. As coronavirus cases here in the Philippines surge by the day, President Rodrigo Duterte extends quarantine measures in the country for two more weeks. Metro Manila will remain under general community quarantine, or GCQ, along with the provinces of Benguet, Cavite, Rizal, Leyte, and Southern Leyte until July 15th. Cebu City, meanwhile, will stay under a stricter enhanced community quarantine due to a recent spike in coronavirus cases. One of the reasons, really, I would say, even without consulting the, the body, uh, because you did not follow rules. 
Talisay was like a marketplace every day. Nagiinuman kay dyan, nagsusugal. Almost nonchalant of the, the, the dangers uh, that were walking around. You know, Manila and the, its environs, maraming tao. But because sumunod sila with few uh, violations thereabout. Uh, they have, or we here in Manila had a good chance of uh, uh, at least avoiding it. The Philippines has one of the world's longest COVID-19 lockdowns. It was imposed back in March and has since been extended and eased in some areas. Metro Manila and the provinces of Cavite, Laguna, Batangas, Rizal, and Quezon should be placed under a modified general community quarantine as quickly as possible to help revive the Philippine economy. That's a recommendation of Philippine Finance Secretary Carlos Dominguez, saying those areas make up around 60% of the country's economy. So we have to face the new reality. The reality today is that the virus is not going to go away and we will have to live with it for a long period of time. I really believe we really should begin opening as people have to start working. Dominguez adds localized lockdowns are better so other areas with low COVID-19 cases will not be affected economically. He also suggests lockdowns can be imposed on a company-to-company -company basis. Researchers from the University of the Philippines admit the government has improved in its handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Guido David of the UP Octa Research Group believes state intervention in coronavirus hit Cebu City was a key factor as to why the actual number of COVID-19 cases turned out lower than their projection for June. But Professor Ranjit Rai, who is also part of the Octa Research, says the government as well as the public shouldn't become complacent now. Based on current trends, the group sees a total of 60,000 COVID-19 cases by the end of July. It's the plan of government to have 30,000 deaths a day. Uh, we're still uh, grappling with that. No? We need to work on that if we want uh, to buck the trends. Tracing is uh, the, one of the weakest links in our pandemic uh, strategy. The government has promised to fund uh, massive uh, employment of contact tracers, very needed in a pandemic like ours. But still, the funding is uh, tied up with the fiscal stimulus. So a lot of things, we, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done by government. We cannot do more of the same and expect that the results will be better. President Duterte's spokesman, Harry Roque, for his part, defends himself after being criticized on social media for declaring that the country beat UP's coronavirus forecast for June. What I was exhorting the people to do is, given the mathematical model that we would have 40,000, we should take steps to not realize the 40,000. And we succeeded, at least in the month of June. It's okay. a small victory, but still a victory, which means that with behavioral change, we can prevail over the disease. 
The Philippine government is monitoring a new type of swine flu from China, which researchers fear could trigger another pandemic. The Agriculture Department says an interagency committee will meet to prepare for such emerging disease. Director Ronnie Domingo of the Bureau of Animal Industry also notes the Philippines has long banned pork and chicken from China due to its cases of bird flu and mouth disease. The G4 swine flu is genetically descended from the H1N1 strain that caused a pandemic in 2009. The Philippine Senate holds a necrological service for the late Senator Ramon Revilla Sr. Several pillars of the country's politics delivered a eulogy for the former lawmaker, including his contemporaries, former Presidents Gloria Macapagal Arroyo and Joseph Estrada, as well as Senate President Vicente Soto III. His son, current Senator Ramon Bong Revilla Jr., also turns emotional as he promises his father he will prove critics wrong. The younger Revilla was previously indicted for plunder in connection to the pork barrel scam. He was detained for four years but was acquitted and released in 2018. He is still facing graft charges. Daddy, as I told you, Former Senator Ramon Revilla Sr. died last week after succumbing to heart failure. He was 93. The chairman of the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines asserts shutting down ABS-CBN is not a solution to the company's alleged labor issues. NUJP chairperson Nonoy Espina points out every broadcast network in the Philippines has its own labor issues, and singling out ABS-CBN is unfair. He also questions the lower house's motive in championing for the rights of media workers. All networks have the same grave, very serious labor issues. They should be addressed, but you know, is shutting down an enterprise the way to resolve labor issues? You don't, you don't solve anything. You just make thousands of people jobless. So where's, where's the, you know, where's the concern for labor there? And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.